Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. This week, I'm joined by Jay Ryder. He's a district manager in Morris Plains, New Jersey, for the Davy Tree Expert Company. Jay, how we doing? Everything is good. Weather's starting to break. Hopefully, we get a little bit warmer. <laughs> well, today, we have 90 degrees here, so uh, it, it's, it's tough on the trees, that's for sure. Uh, today, we're talking all about, basically, right tree for the right place. Talk a little bit of, about that. Um, I know from talking to arborists all all the time I've been doing the podcast, we talk a lot about how it drives all of us crazy to drive by, especially new construction, and see a tree planted in the wrong spot where it's going to get too big too quick and shouldn't have been put there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably one of the most common things we see outside of, you know, being planted too deep, but um, the... Uh, you know, I don't know if it's that a lot of landscapers don't know or people just want what they want and they want it to look good right now and they put end up putting up a, a tree in that's, you know, going to look good for the first couple few years and then it's it's going to be just a, a constant, you know, need to, to keep it there. Talk a little bit about driving by those properties and how you feel about it because <laughs> when I'm driving by, my family doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, it's driving by and then they're just pulling up to, you know, appointments and meeting with people. And, you know, it's the the upset look on their face when they say, oh, I'd like to get this, you know, I'd like to keep this here. It used to be look really good. And then explain to people that, yeah, this tree wants to be, you know, 50 feet wide and your house is kind of in the way of that. <laughs> um, you're trying to fight nature as opposed to selecting something better that, you know, from the start that would have, you know been better for that area all along and easier to maintain yeah so when you're looking at uh adding a tree to the landscape and people are thinking they want it relatively close to the house talk a little bit about some of the choices that you're looking at and what and and how you decide that distance how far it should be from the house so that this doesn't happen Right. Um, a lot of that's in a discussion with the client as far as, you know, how much maintenance they kind of want, you know, and, and what kind of look they want. Um, probably starting with that, moving toward, all right, well, is this this maintenance plan work for you? We have to be here every year pruning it, you know, possibly twice, depending on the, the, the species of tree, you know, possibly once. Maybe we can use a growth regulator um, to kind of keep it in that, that area. But, um, you know, a lot of it's in a discussion with the client as far as what they're looking for and then it's kind of explaining, you know, the maintenance reality because all these trees, no matter, even if you get a smaller ornamental tree, there is going to be some sort of maintenance requirement uh, anytime you're placing a tree that close to a house. It just might not come for, you know, eight years as opposed to three. Um, and, the, you know, the, the reality of a pruning a smaller tree you know, to, to maintain that area is going to be a less of a, a budgetary impact than, you know, all right, you want this big, this big tree and you want to keep it here and you want to keep it here for as long as possible. And that, that requires annual maintenance. So I guess discuss, starting that discussion with them right out the gate 
and that that kind of helps figure out you know how much people want to actually have that tree that they think they want uh you know then then i hear from people all the time and i'm sure you do too when you see clients that uh that tree was in the wrong spot and they want to do something like cut the top off it so that it doesn't get too tall that, that's something that's not a good idea right oh completely not a good idea because everything they're trying to avoid they're making that situation worse in the long run now they're gonna they're gonna bust out a bunch of water sprouts that are gonna grow quick and become weakly wooded so everything that they wanted to avoid that in their head they were scared of they've just made it you know far more likely to happen um and now instead of one top they have you know three or four three three to six and that's a bad thing for the tree, for sure. I, I mean, I know you're never supposed to top a tree. Yeah. It's amazing how many people, I mean, they, they just want it and they see their neighbor. Their neighbor found someone to just do it for them and that's what they want, um, you know. And, you know, you, you try to educate people and, you know, sometimes you just say, you have to walk away from it and say, you know, we, we're not going to do that. Um, this, these are the things I can offer you to do. You know, we could take it down. Um we can plant something more appropriate, um, but you know we're not going to, uh, to, you know, top that tree down. Well, that's the importance of having a certified arborist come because where my son just moved into this neighborhood, they must have a chuck in a truck who who is he's driving around and he's 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 telling people that every year you've got to crop the tops of your maple trees off. And as I'm walking through the neighborhood, I'm looking at this horticultural nightmare these trees look awful they're they're just all water sprouts and stuff when you're dealing with with pruning when you have these issues with your tree just talk about the importance of having somebody there that knows what they're doing you know and it's it's certified arborists will come for free right yeah well especially if, you know a davy certified arborist will come out for free and, and give you you know homeowners the you know, a real recommendation as far as, you know, what's the best way to proceed for what they have, where they want to go, um, and what they'd like to do with their trees. Um, you know, sometimes they are harder conversations as far as, you know, want, you know, homeowners kind of want what they, they want. And sometimes they see their neighbors have something and, you know, it's, it's just, it's all in communication and, and, and discussions. To me, that's one of the biggest things about a certified arborist is we can communicate about, you know, something about a tree that people don't actually know, um, as opposed to be like, oh, that's what you want. All right, this is how much it's going to cost and just, let's just do it. You know, it's, we can give you the information and, and put it in sense that, you know, you'll understand. But what are some of your favorite smaller trees that could be planted around the house? Again, depending on the site. Right. Um, so depending on the site and depending on what people want, you know, because sometimes people want something really columnar in, in front of their house. And, you know, there's some great hornbeams that are fastidious that you can keep, you know, especially, you know, with a maintenance plan for pruning, you can keep those relatively close to your house and, and have that col columnar look to your in front of your house. You know, there's ja definitely a lot of Japanese maples that make a lot of sense around houses. Um dog so there's you know dogwoods the you know for the flowers and um i do like red buds but if you get them too close to the house they like to 
their their tops like to fan out so much that you know that 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 again that's just a, a discussion with maintenance to you they're not a hard tree to prune but you know we will have to prune them um but there's you know there, there's there's different options for the different sites and japanese maples there's just so many different ones that provide so many different colors and, and options that I, I think that's one of the the better ones right now school me a little bit on the on the horn beam what kind of maintenance does it take? I put one in the woods. Uh, you know, I have an oak forest that's, you know, it's getting old. The oaks, um, I'm, I'm re- whatever that I need to, I'm replacing them with something uh, with a little bit more diversity than all oaks. And so I put a horn beam in, but I didn't think about it close to the house. Well, some the more fastidious ones, they'll say tighter, whereas the uh, the the non-fastidious ones, they'll get they'll get a little fatter, kind of at the base. So, um, and that may be fine for the, a situation kicked out a little bit further from the house, but if you wanted it tighter, um, you know, the fastidious kind of grow more like a, a column, um, a tapered column. So you can, you can kind of keep those a little tighter with an occasional, you know, pruning for, you know, just keeping it a little tighter. Um, but they, they tend to do really well. And how often is a, a, a tree like that that's close to the house, that, that style of tree, the column-like t- column tree, uh, how often are you working on that? Is it got to be once a year or more often than that probably? No, those, those, those ones probably every, you know, two to three years, depending on how, depending on how tight you want to maintain it. You know, just like, you know, people with their boxwoods, sometimes they want to keep those things super tight and um, almost like an English garden type look. Um, you know, if you want to have your, your columnar super tight, then yeah, that will, I mean, everything grows throughout the year. So you'll have to kind of tighten things up. Um, but you can get away with going, you know, two to three years, depending on growing seasons to keep, you know, to keep a, a look without being, you know, crazy, crazy tight. When I look at a plant tag, and it tells me a tree is going to be 20 feet tall by 20 feet wide. Will it get bigger than that? That's my understanding that just from talking to other arborists that it doesn't just stop there, but it, it is that the talk, school me on that a little bit. Yeah. So they're, they're good general guides for, you know, just saying whether or not something is a, you know, too, super tall shade tree or, you know, uh, a small to medium sized tree. The reality is, is you know, if it's not growing, it's dead. So once it gets to twenty feet, it's not like it says, "Oh, my tag said I gotta stop." Um, and so, every, you know, everything's going to continue to grow, uh, you know, until it's dead. It's just as they get larger, though, that those trees they tend to slow down with their their veracity, but they you know they can definitely get bigger than what what they said. Now, when you read a tag like that and say it says 20 by 20, you know, that's typically a good tree that you could put and and maintain to keep smaller, you know, through good, you know, practices like pruning and, and, and talking with an arborist. You know, what, once you don't want to start that process and that talk, once it's too big, you'd like to start in that process and say, I really don't want to get, let it get much bigger, you know, so... What can we do? Because there's ways for us to keep a tree looking, you know, smaller but yet large and maintained in an area where you're not going to see big cuts and you're not going to see, 
you know, big pieces taken off. So, you know, once you get talking with an arborist or um, designing something for your, your landscape, talking with an arborist saying, you know, ideally this is where I'd like to, this thing to go. You know, when do you think we should start, you know, training this tree and, you know, what are things we need to do so that we don't get, this tree doesn't get too big for its site and then we're not taking off, you know, arm-sized branches because they was let go for too long. Tell me a little bit about how you got into this line of work and why it's right for you. Well, I uh, I got out of high school right right before 9-11 and I was working at a, a state park and I enjoyed being out doing kind of maintenance on trails and and keeping the grounds nice um, and was pretty content doing that up until 9-11 uh, working for a New York state park. I got laid off and then uh, decided, all right, I have to go to school uh, for something and figure this out. Uh, so I went to Paul Smith's college up in the Adirondacks and uh, saw the guys climbing, switch majors into the urban tree management and have loved it ever since. And tell me a little bit about what you get out of it, working with those clients every day. Um, they're probably that's probably the best part about the job is you know working with people and helping them, you know, discussing their goals and helping them achieve their goals for their landscapes. Um, that's easily one of the one of the parts of my day that I enjoy the most. That and working with our crews and helping them, you know, hone their craft. And you know, it's, it's so much about education, you know. Of te- teaching homeowners that yeah that tree looks good today but you must realize how big it's going to get now let's switch things let's talk about some bigger trees that you love and i'm just going to pick your brain because i'm thinking about things that i want to you know we're we're, we're replacing here once a year maybe twice a year uh, a big oak that is is tired and it, it's done what what are some of your favorite bigger trees you know, and I, I know it depends on the site, but we're just right. talking in generalities here. Um, I mean, my favorite big tree would probably be the Don Redwood. All right. <laughs> uh, I inherited the Don Redwood here, and it's uh, got to be 100 feet tall. And it's not used that much in the landscape, though, is it? Or are you guys planting them? Um, well, we, we definitely we, we do plant them, but you don't see them. You don't see them everywhere, and actually, I, I just uh, moved into my house just over a year ago, and that was one of the first tree I planted. Hmm. It was a Don Redwood. Tell people about it. Tell why. Tell tell them why it's so awesome. Well, it's a uh, it's an evergreen that's not quite an evergreen. It's a deciduous evergreen. So, in the winter time, it drops its needles. Um, it is a a family member to the red the redwoods out in the uh, on California, it grows um, really relatively fast um, as far as putting on height and girth. It's nice. Looks like a giant um, kind of teardrop. It's, a, it's got that central lead that shoots up to the sky really high, and then it just gets a nice fat bottom skirt and kind of goes all the way up to the top. So just absolutely beautiful tree. When I first moved in here, my kid who was about uh... – 12 figured out a dawn redwood is a great climbing tree yes it is because the way the branches are set up and one day i walked out there i I swear he had to be 50 feet up in the air and i had a heart attack so (laughs) 
Get yeah. down, get down. <laughs> well, the nice but, part is they're, they're, they're like a ladder, so it was easier for them to get down as opposed to, you know, some of those trees when you were a kid, you climbed out and up on them, and you weren't really sure how you were going to get down. <laughs> uh, what else would be on your list of big trees that you like? Um, well, the, I, I always like the sugar maple. You know, I just love the color that they they shoot out in the in the fall. Um, ginkgos. It's, it's funny how often the sugar maple comes up when I ask that question. I would think I would think fifty percent of the time, maybe more, when I talk to an arborist, sugar maple comes up, and then you said ginkgo too, right? For both those, um, you know, for one, the, the sugar maple is such a native tree that you don't really. It's kind of underutilized now, especially with all the, you know, faster, weaker growing maples that are everywhere. So it's nice to see, you know, a native maple. They have beautiful color in the fall. Um, same thing with like the ginkgo tree. It's, that one is with its fanned leaf. It has a unique look that you don't see in any other tree. And then in the fall when it gets its like brilliant yellow that it kicks out, um, they're just, they just stand out. And they, between those, I would say those two. And best advice for a homeowner when they're planting trees, you you touched on it earlier saying, first off, don't plant it too deep, but let's get it from you. Know how big that tree is going to get, right? Yeah, know, know, how big it, know how big it's going to get. Um, put it, know, know what it likes. You know, if it, if it's, uh, cause there's plenty of trees that you put it in the wrong situation, it's going to, it's going to struggle. You know, whether it's, you know, what kind of soil you have, how much light it's getting, you know, the wind, the wind can affect it. So know the, the you know, the planting environment and if that tree is going to enjoy that or not. Um, and then make making sure that it's, it's planted to, that it's planted properly because those are the, those are the things I see every day. Improper planting, improper site. Those, those two keys make up 90% of my conversations about, you know, what's wrong with this tree. All right, Jay, I'm going to leave it right there. That's good stuff and great advice. Uh, Very much appreciate your time and uh, giving us all that great information. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. You have a good day. Check out a Dawn Redwood if you've got space for one. It's an amazing tree. I love mine. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast. Where else are you going to have this kind of fun, right? As always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.